How many people like dinosaurs? Lots of people like it. Okay, now here's the other question. How many people don't like dinosaurs? Okay, why don't you like dinosaurs? Just yell, yeah, just yell out an end. Why? Okay, who, can somebody tell me why they don't like dinosaurs? They're scary. They're mean. They're dead. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Okay, excuse me. Wouldn't that make them less scary? <laughs> okay, they're... They're mean, they're scary, they eat people. I get it. They're just like big lizards. But everywhere I go, when I talk to young people, you know what they ask me questions about? They ask me about dinosaurs. They're really amazing creatures. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about dinosaurs. And young people, when they ask me questions about dinosaurs, the number one question is what? Hey, Dr. Mitchell, were there dinosaurs on the ark? How many people think there were dinosaurs on Noah's ark? Wow. How many people say there were no dinosaurs on Noah's Ark? Uh-huh. We got some learning to do here. If some people say yes and some people say no, somebody's going to be wrong, right? But we've got to be able to have an answer. And this is a really neat question. Frankly, any question about dinosaurs is a cool question. So what we're going to start with this morning is not dinosaurs. We're going to start with Noah's Ark. If we're going to talk about the question, were there dinosaurs on Noah's Ark? The first thing we need to know about is Noah's Ark, right? Right? That's better. I mean, uh, you got to sleep late this morning. Work with me here, okay? It's a big full room. I don't want to feel like I'm by myself. Is that Noah's Ark? Okay. There seems to be a difference of opinion. I'm, I'm all with that. Did Noah's Ark have a woodpecker on the front? <clears throat> Did Noah's Ark have dinosaurs sticking out the top? Here's the important question. Was Noah's Ark full of holes? What's going to happen to that boat in about three minutes? It's going to sink. Do you think all those animals can swim? They better be able to because they got serious problems. Do you think all those animals were standing on the deck? I don't think that's Noah's Ark. Do you? Can you get dinosaurs on that boat? No, that's a problem. Okay, well, let's look further. Is that Noah's Ark? We got a few more yeses. Okay, that one's not full of holes, right? Were the, were, the, were the giraffes sticking out the top of Noah's Ark? No. Did Noah's Ark have a monkey on the porthole? No. That's not a very big boat. Could you get dinosaurs on that boat? No. Okay, tell me when you see Noah's Ark. We can't talk about dinosaurs, we talk about Noah's Ark. Tell me when you see Noah's Ark. Which one is Noah's Ark? On the bottom. Did Noah's Ark have elephants standing on the deck? No. no. <clears throat> Do you see Noah's Ark yet? No. Actually, you don't. But I will tell you this. The one in the middle is one of my all-time favorites. I call it the rub-a-dub-dub three animals in the tub Noah's Ark. <clears throat> it's a wash tub with animals in it. Is that Noah's Ark? No. What's missing from the rub-a-dub-dub ark? Noah. It's the rub-a-dub-dub ain't no Noah's ark. Do you think that rub-a-dub-dub Noah's ark is going to last in a storm? What happens when the first wave hits it? It flops over. That's not, can you get dinosaurs in that rub-a-dub-dub tub? No. That's a problem. Boy, it's a tough crowd. Let's look for, are, are any of those Noah's ark? No? I'm running out of pictures, folks. I mean, is the one on top Noah's Ark? So you're telling me Noah's Ark didn't have a rooster on the roof? Boy, this is a tough crowd. Well, you know, the books I got these pictures that I've said those were Noah's Ark. But, okay, I'll take your word for it. I, I, I know you read your Bibles. Do, do, do you see Noah's Ark there? Man, I'm just about out of pictures. Can you get dinosaurs on any of those boats? No. Oh, well, let me ask this question. Was Noah's Ark a big boat or a little boat? Yeah. Big boat. There's a big boat. 
And that one even says Noah's Ark. Did Noah's Ark look like that? Well, it's a big boat. Were the animals looking out the sides of Noah's Ark? No. You know, I think that's kind of silly. Because if I was on Noah's Ark, I wouldn't be looking out the window. You know why? You know what you'd see? Water. After you've seen water about three times, I get tired of looking at it. It just looks like water. Can you get dinosaurs on board that boat? But Noah's Ark was a big boat, right? Well, let me ask this question. How did Noah know how to build the ark? Who gave him the instructions? God did. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. That's a big boat. Can anybody tell me what a cubit is? Average cubit is 18 inches. The definition is the length from your elbow to the tip here. Cubits used throughout history go from like a little over 16 inches to almost 21 inches. The average we talk about is 18 inches, which is a foot and a half. So 300 cubits would be 450 feet. Maybe something like that. Could Noah's Ark have looked like that? It could have. That's a big boat. Do you see any giraffe sticking out the top of that boat? See, that's not a problem, is it? Now, let me ask you a question. And think about this before you answer. Do we know Noah's Ark looked exactly like that? No, of course not. We're only given certain amount of information in God's word. We know the size. We know certain characteristics. Now, this is the way we illustrate the ark at our ministry. Now, sometimes in the past, people have have illustrated the ark like this. Now, this is a cutaway, so you can see the inside. But some people have illustrated the ark like this big sort of long rectangle. Could the ark have looked like that? It's possible. We, we don't absolutely know. But we know that this kind of hull, when it's got the vein in the back, this sort of configuration is more stable. If there's you know, choppy seas and big waves and currents and winds, we know this you know, configuration of the hull is more stable. It's actually safer. We don't absolutely know. But can you get dinosaurs on board that boat? Yes. That's a big boat. That's a humongous boat. I got any football players in here? Okay, how long is the football field? 100 yards. How, how much is that in feet? How much is 450 feet? It's a, it's a football field and a half long. It's 150 yards long. That's a big boat. You can get lots of things in a boat that size. And again, I don't care if you think it was flat on the ends or pointed on the ends. We need to start with the word of God so we can get the right idea, get the right proportions, the right size. Then we can answer the questions correctly. You know, Noah's Ark was twice as long as a jet airplane. A 747 jet airplane would be half as long as Noah's Ark. Folks, that's a big boat. You know, Noah's Ark had three stories. It had three decks inside Now, if you're in Noah's Ark, which deck do you want to live on? Everybody says the top. And I don't understand that. Because if you're you're living on the top deck and you're taking care of all those animals, wouldn't you be going up and down the steps a lot? Well, you'd have a heart like Secretariat, wouldn't you? Rugging on all those steps. Wouldn't you want to live down next to those animals? No? Anybody want to live underneath the hippopotamuses and elephants? Why not? Would that be a problem? So you don't want to live underneath where the elephants and hippopotamuses live. Why would you not want to live there? It would stink. It would be unpleasant. It would be not good. Now, I'm going to go ahead and answer one of your questions. Because I know somebody's thinking this. And you don't normally get this type of question answered in church. But I'm going to answer it anyway because it's just the kind of guy I am. And I want you to remember this answer when you leave. People very commonly come to me and they say, Dr. Mitchell, I have a question. And I go, yes, what's your question? Can I ask you about Noah's Ark? Certainly you can ask me about Noah's Ark. Dr. Mitchell, they have a bunch of animals on the Ark? They sure did. Dr. Mitchell, how'd they get rid of the poop? 
I know. You don't think about that, do you? Because, you know, if you've ever had like an animal, you got to clean up after it. If you've got lots of animals on board that boat, there's something you want to get rid of, and it's the poop. Yeah, I'd want to get rid of that stuff, don't you think? And you know, there is a way to do it. There's a way that you can set up the trough and, and troughs and, and, and the brooms and pens where you could use the water to wash all that stuff away. So it wouldn't be quite too bad to live under the alligators and crocodiles, hippopotamuses, but I'd probably still want to live on the top deck, wouldn't you? Okay, do you know there were rooms in Noah's Ark? God's Word tells us there were rooms in Noah's Ark. Now, we know that's true because God's Word says, you know, make rooms in the ark. Now, do you think it makes sense to have rooms in the ark? I do. I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, why would you need rooms inside Noah's Ark? To separate the animals. But why would you want to separate the animals? You can just yell out an answer. See, that's what everybody says. Do you think the animals on Noah's Ark were eating each other? No. The animals on Noah's Ark weren't eating each other. If the animals on Noah's Ark were eating each other, how many animals would get off Noah's Ark? One. And it would be really fat because it would have eaten everything else. The animals on Noah's Ark, I submit, were not eating each other. In the beginning, when God looked at his world, looked at everything he created and said it was very good, what did God give man and the animals to eat? Plants. See, in the beginning, we were vegetarian. We're not given permission to eat meat until after the flood. So what I'm going to suggest to you is the animals that God led to Noah were still obeying what God directed them to do. They were still eating plants only. You see, the animals wouldn't be eating each other because those animals were supposed to get off the ark and repopulate the earth. The rabbits were supposed to get off and have more rabbits and the turtles get off and have more turtles and the dogs get off and have more dogs. See, the thing is, if some of those creatures got eaten, we wouldn't have them alive to reproduce after the flood was over. So the animals weren't eating each other. But the thing is, it still makes sense that you would have rooms in the ark, right? Because you could keep the animals separated because different animals may need different sorts of plants to eat as you're feeding the animals and caring for them. If you're going to go down and get a bale of hay, you bring it to the animals that would eat that. You get other kind of plants and you bring it to these animals who are, who are sort of kept over here to feed them. And some animals may well have been sleeping during part of the voyage. They might have been hibernating. So if you have them in rooms, the other animals, not, not to keep them from eating those animals, but just to keep them from disturbing them, waking them up. Lots of reasons to have rooms in the ark. Makes a lot of sense when you think about it. It. Now, this is a photograph of the inside of one of the models of Noah's Ark we have at our museum. Now, do we know it looked like that on the inside? No. We have scientists and engineers who've helped us look at wooden structures to sort of help us understand how you could build things out of wood that would be stable and wouldn't break apart and wouldn't leak. So we want to have answers. We want to understand Noah's Ark before we talk about the question about dinosaurs. And remember, not only were there animals on Noah's Ark, there were people. How many people here would like to have been on Noah's Ark? For how long? Three days is tops for me, right? Yeah, I, after about three days, the fun would have gone completely away from that. But guess what? When you got on board that boat and God closed the door, you were there for the duration. That was the end of this because there's no place to go, right? Because outside the boat was what? Water. Was there any place to get off? Not unless you like swimming. There was just water. It's a big boat. If the giraffes were sticking out the top, this boat's got a problem. The first wave that hits that little toy boat with the giraffe sticking out the top, what's going to happen to those giraffes? They better know how to hold their breath, right? Because they're underwater. I think that's a problem. That's, that's a cartoon. So Noah's Ark was a huge boat. It was a big boat. It's a floating warehouse. So now we're going to go to our question. Were there dinosaurs on Noah's Ark? How many say yes? Okay, hands down. How many say no? Hands down. How many didn't vote? Okay, now, okay. Now, we're going to answer this question. I'm going to ask you another question as we start is there any way to be sure about our answer? Where do we turn to find this answer? 
It's in the Bible? We turn to the Bible for answers? Wow. Who'd have guessed that? Well, let's look and see if the Bible helps us with this answer. My first question. Were the land animals made on day six? On the sixth day of creation week, is that the day God made the land animals? What else was made on day six? Adam and Eve. Dinosaurs were made on day six. Adam and Eve were made on day six. So did dinosaurs and man walk the earth together? Absolutely. Who says? God. See, that's easy. Of course they were made on day six. Are dinosaurs land animals? Okay. I'm going to stop here. I've heard yes. Some people say some. And I'm going to accept both of those answers. And I'm going to tell you why. When I was your age, you know, about 300 years ago, when I was about this big, when we talked about dinosaurs, we talked about the flying reptiles and the seagoing reptiles, and we used the word dinosaur for all of them. You know, whether it was the, the Rampharincus, you know, the flying reptiles, or the, the plesiosaurs, the seagoing reptiles, and the T-Rex, we just used the word dinosaur for all those creatures. And that's technically not right. Because in the way we classify animals today, when we say dinosaurs, we just mean land animals. You know, the flying reptiles have their own classifications. We don't call them dinosaurs. And the seagoing reptiles, we don't really call them dinosaurs. So if people said some dinosaurs are land animals, I understand why you would say that. And I'm going to accept that as the right answer. See, that definition has changed over time. But I also want you to understand this, too. When I was your age, Pluto was still a planet. See, a few years ago, the astronomers got together and said Pluto couldn't be a planet anymore. How many people think Pluto should still be a planet? I do. You can go to the Internet. There is a there is a petition on the Internet trying to convince the International Astronomical Union to turn Pluto back into a planet. And I have talked to three secular astronomers this year as I've traveled or I guess it was last year and told them I was upset that they voted against Pluto being a planet. That's my mission. Pluto needs to be a planet. It's just not fair. If you're a planet, you get to stay a planet. You shouldn't get to be an unplanet. So Pluto's a planet. But anyway, dinosaurs are just land animals. That's free and that's an aside and I probably shouldn't have even gone there. Anyway, dinosaurs are land animals. Did Noah take two of every kind of land animal, seven of some, on board the ark? Were there dinosaurs on the ark? It's just that simple. Dinosaurs are air-breathing land animals. They, two of every kind of dinosaur would have been on Noah's Ark. It's simple. That's just what God's Word says. That's the answer. But having said that, we would all now agree that there were dinosaurs on the Ark. That does raise some interesting problems. I mean, if you're going to put dinosaurs on Noah's Ark, i got a basic question for you. How do you get them through the door? You know, some dinosaurs were over 100 feet long. How did he get that dinosaur through the door? I mean, did he butter their head and push? I mean, did he take, did he? <laughs> that wouldn't be easy. And once he squirted them through the door, how's he going to get them back off? You see, that's a problem. How do we answer that? You know, it's really easy. Can anybody tell me how, how dinosaurs had babies? Okay, people always tell me that. How do you know that? There are no dinosaurs around today to look at, to watch them, how they behave. How do you know dinosaurs laid eggs? Fossils of what? Fossils of eggs. You know, around the world we found many nests of eggs. You know what you find inside those eggs? You find fossilized baby dinosaurs. Yeah, it is cool. We found fossilized Triceratops eggs and T-Rex eggs and different varieties of dinosaur eggs. Inside these eggs, you find fossilized dinosaurs. It is really cool. Can anybody tell me how big a T-Rex egg is? It's about the size of a football. So how big would a T-Rex be when it was born? About like that. So before you have a big Stegosaurus, you have a what? Have a little stegosaurus. Okay, time out. I heard some grunts. I heard some aws here. How many people think that thing's cute? Okay, hands down. How many people think it's cute? Hands down. If you think it's cute, hold up both hands. Hands down. 
I'm really worried about this crowd. How many people would pet that thing? Hands down. If you pet it, raise both hands. Put your hands down. Now, the intelligent people in this room who would not pet that, you can just chill for a second. Talk to the person next to you. Those people who would pet this thing, do this. If you would pet that creature, hold your hands out like that. Okay, you holding your hands out? Fingers together. Hold your hands out, fingers together. Right in front of you, spread your fingers apart. Are you doing it? If you'd pet this thing, do this. Now, after you do that, count your fingers. When you get to 10, stop. If you get to 12, call me. I want to see that. Okay, hands out in front of you, count your fingers. You get to 10, stop. Now, think about this question. How many fingers are you going to have left after you pet that? Average seven. <clears throat> if you play the violin now, put it on eBay. You're done. That is a disgusting little lizard. How many people would pet a snapping turtle? Okay, a bunch of Einsteins in this group, right? That is not cute. It's a little lizard. But remember, before you have a big lizard, you have a what? A small one. So think about this. If God's going to lead all these animals to Noah to go on the ark, who's he going to lead to Noah? Young, healthy animals or fully grown animals that are far into their reproductive age? Remember, these creatures are supposed to reproduce and make more dinosaurs after the flood was over. So it makes sense you would take younger dinosaurs that have many years left to live. Now, how tall would T-Rex be when it was able to start laying eggs? We don't have any idea. But we know from our world today, when we look at reptiles, that, you know, an alligator that had to be 15 feet long before it can start laying eggs. So we have really good answers. We understand how to deal with these questions. Were there dinosaurs on the ark? Absolutely. On the first day of creation week, God created earth, space, time, and light. On the second day, the atmosphere, the firmament, what's called the expanse. On the third day, the dry land and plants. On the fourth day, sun, moon, and stars. On the fifth day, the flying and sea creatures. On the sixth day, land, animals, and man. Did people and dinosaurs walk the earth together? Absolutely. God's word's clear on that. Six ordinary days. Which is why if you ever come to our creation museum, and I hope at some time you will, when you go through the creation museum, you're going to see dinosaurs everywhere. You know why? They're incredible creatures. They're amazing creatures. We've got dinosaur sculptures. We've got lots of dinosaur fossils. We've got videos and things about dinosaurs and lots of signs about dinosaurs. Why? Because we want to answer your questions, help you understand these incredible creatures. But you see, all our answers start with the Word of God. Our thinking in every area of our life needs to start with the Bible, with the Word of the Creator God. Okay, Tommy, I hear what you're talking about, but I've read through my Bible a number of times. I've never found the word dinosaur in my Bible. Should that surprise you? I mean, why don't we find the word dinosaur in the Bible? Because it wasn't invented yet. That's exactly right. The word dinosaur is a new word. It didn't exist until the year 1841. That word was invented or coined, if you will, by a British scientist, Sir Richard Owen. He was one of the most, uh, most prominent scientists of his day in England, and he was one of the first people to study dinosaur fossils. As the ships of England would bring these specimens back from all over the world, they would bring them to the museum, and he would categorize and measure them and, and, and try to understand what he was seeing. And he was totally fascinated by all these fossils. I mean, any of us would be, right? And he was trying to figure out what they meant and what they represented. He was the person that invented the word dinosaur. It means terrible lizard. So if you look in the 1828 dictionary, you find the words computer, locomotive, and rocket. You do not find the word dinosaur in the 1828 dictionary. Should that surprise you? No, because 1841 hadn't happened yet, right? The word hadn't been invented then. The most commonly used English translation of the Bible is called the King James. It was completed in the year 1611. That's 230 years before the word dinosaur even existed. 
But what about what they call the modern English translations, which began around 1880, 1885? You read through those Bibles, you don't find the word dinosaur there either. The question is, should you? I mean, are there dinosaurs in the Bible? Hmm. Job 40, 15. Behold now behemoth which I made with thee. He eateth grass as an ox. Lo, now his strength is in his loins. His force is in the navel of his belly. He moveth his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his stones are wrapped together. His bones are as strong pieces of brass. His bones are like bars of iron. He is chief of the ways of God. Now, is that a little guinea pig? Is that a puppy dog? Is that a jackrabbit? Huh. This is a tough crowd. Is that a big creature or a little creature? That's a big creature. If you got a tail like a cedar, if you're chief of the ways of God, you must be some impressive creature. You got to be the man. You got to have it going on. But you know, sometimes I really wonder if people are actually paying attention when they read their Bible. Because you know, the folks that wrote the study notes for the NIV study Bible, you know what they said that creature was? They said it was possibly the hippopotamus or the elephant. Anybody here ever been to a zoo? You ever seen the backside of an elephant? That looked like a cedar to you. That's a right sorry cedar. Don't you think? As we say back home, that ain't no cedar neither. I mean, does hippopotamus have a tail like a cedar? That ain't no cedar, no way, no how. That just doesn't. You see, I just don't think that's right. I guess maybe I could be convinced, but I just don't think that's right. You see, I kind of got a problem with that, don't you? Huh. Well, all right, well. <laughs> I just, I, I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not feeling it, right? I'm just, I'm just not, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, what about like that? Well, you know, maybe they has got their ends mixed up. I don't know. We got to think this through, right? Anybody know what that looks like? It's like a dinosaur. I can think of one creature alive today that sort of kind of looks like that. A giraffe would be on all fours. Anybody? And don't say Barney. I get that answer every now and then. No, I'm talking one creature alive today. Kangaroo. Kangaroos as close as I can get. But be honest, when you look at that, you don't think kangaroo, do you? What do you think? Dinosaur. You know what that is? It's a cave drawing, cave painting. There are places around the world, uh, places in Europe, places in, you know, in the southwest United States, some places in Southeast Asia, where you find cave drawings or cliff drawings, and they're called pictographs or petroglyphs, depending on where they're drawn or painted or actually carved into the stone. And in these areas, you see some really amazing things. Now, I know that's kind of hard to see if you're not looking straight at it. So that's after we sort of drew an outline. That's a water buffalo, right? No, that's a groundhog. That's a skunk. That's a really stretched out skunk, right? What does that look like? Looks like a dinosaur to me. What does that look like? Sure, it looks like a dinosaur. What does that look like? A dinosaur. Let me ask you a question. How did those paintings or carvings get on those rocks? Somebody put them there, right? Somebody drew them or carved them. Some people actually took the time to carve or draw these images on the rocks. But you know what lots of scientists say? Those things that look like dinosaurs, they're not really dinosaurs. They're made up. 
They're worship images, their artwork. They're not real. They weren't real things. But those same scientists, while they're saying that, will say that other things on this same wall, the other things are real. But these things that look like dinosaurs, they can't be real. You know why they say that? They don't believe dinosaurs and people walk the earth together. They believe dinosaurs died out millions of years ago. Well, guess what? If dinosaurs died out millions of years ago, you got lots of problems. The first thing you got to do is explain these drawings and carvings. Because what I'm going to suggest to you is that these people that lived in that area at that time were drawing or carving images of things they actually saw, things that were actually in their own environment. So if you think dinosaurs died millions of years ago, explain that first. There's lots of evidence that people and dinosaurs have walked the earth together. So when we see things like this, we ought to go, wow, wait a minute, we got, we got evidence here these people actually saw these things. But the scientists say no, because they believe that we evolved from apes, that we're just evolved apes, that we're just a chemical accident. Nothing could be further from the truth. We're made in the image of the living God. God is the one who created all things. Now, before the year 1841, before the year the word dinosaur was actually invented, when people describe these creatures, very often they used a different word. You might tell me what that word was? Dragons. Now, not every description of dragons in the past you know, was of a real creature. There's a lot of fantasy writing and fiction, just like there is in our world today. But there are a lot of people over the last you know, couple of thousand years who've been travelers or adventurers or historians who've written a record or kept a journal of their travels or wrote uh, histories of the local community or of their country. And not infrequently, what they would do is they wrote, they would describe in great detail these really amazing creatures. And when you read the description, those creatures to us today sure sound like something we would call dinosaurs. But they didn't have the word dinosaur to use, right? So what word did they use? They used the word dragon. Well, we said that dinosaurs were land animals. So I think we need to be a little bit more specific. What exactly is a dinosaur? Because people tell me all the time, I think alligators and crocodiles are dinosaurs. Well, they are kind of fearsome, but they're not actually dinosaurs. In our modern classification system, the way scientists look at creatures, you know, we understand the characteristics. That, you know, this is a dog and this is a cat and this is a turtle and this is a rabbit. So we know what actually constitutes what, what certain animal characteristics are. This is the way we define dinosaurs. They're land reptiles, but this is the important point. Their legs are under their body. They're not belly draggers like alligators and crocodiles. You know, some, some, some reptiles, you know, literally have, have their legs out like this. Dinosaurs have legs directly under their body. That's the difference. That's what, make, that's what makes a dinosaur a dinosaur. Alligators and crocodiles are classified differently. And as I've traveled, I've had lots of families tell me this. They've told me that they didn't believe dinosaurs were real. I've had families tell me, well, I just told my sons and daughters that dinosaurs were just made up, that they weren't real creatures. And I'm totally astounded when people tell me that because, you know, let me ask, were dinosaurs real? Of course. How do you know that? We got the bones. We got fossils of lots of kinds of dinosaurs. And I hope we find bones of lots more dinosaurs. They're really amazing. They're incredible creatures. It's fascinating to find dinosaur fossils and try to understand about these creatures and try to learn from them. Like, for example, we've got fossils of what we call the Stegosaurus. Now, do we know the Stegosaurus looked like that? Well, we can't, we can't exact, we can be pretty close, but we can't be exact. We don't know exactly what color it was because all we've got are the fossils, you know, and the impressions of the rock. But the things we can't be sure about that, but I think, you know, we have the size of the fossil and you can estimate how much muscle it would take to move it. So there, that's a reasonable, I think, representation. We can't be absolutely sure, but I don't care who you are. That's pretty amazing. How many people would like to find one of those in your backyard? Okay, let me tell you what happens to me if I find one of those in my backyard. I'm going out the front door, okay? Yeah, I may get my camera first, but I'm going out the front door because I'm not tangling with that. That's pretty incredible. You see the spikes on its tail? What were those spikes for? Defense. It sure would keep me from messing with it. Defending. Could it be used to attack something? Sure. It works either way. I'm staying away from it. I wouldn't go anywhere close to that thing. Look at the big, the plates on its back. Can anybody tell me what those plates are for? 
defense. I wouldn't jump on his back. That would be a really uncomfortable ride. Anybody else? No, he would have to take them off to take a little ride. Some people suggest that maybe they're there to help keep the body temperature of the stegosaurus correct. They could move the plates in and out to collect sunlight or help, you know, get rid of heat. That's what some scientists think. Some scientists suggest that those plates were there. They might even be able to change color, you know, to attract a mate or to ward off predators. Lots of different ideas. Is there any way we can prove any of those ideas? Why not? Because they're dead. All we got are the bones. We don't have a live stegosaurus to see how it functions. But I don't care. You know, that, that's pretty cool. These are the sauropods. Some of these were up to 135 feet long. That's a big dinosaur. This is one of my favorites. This is the Diplodocus. Now, you see the little line at the top up on the top right? That's about the width of my computer here. That's a big dinosaur. A couple of years ago, I had the privilege of uh, speaking in England. And while I was there, I went to the Natural History Museum in London. And in the big chamber, the entry chamber, entry walkway inside the British the Natural History Museum, they've got a full Diplodocus skeleton. It's humongous. They call it Dippy, which I think is really cool. And you stand there and just look up at this thing. And you go, wow, that's like the biggest thing I ever saw. And I was talking to one of the staff members there and I said, how did you get this thing in this room? And they said it was like building a skyscraper. They said they, they had the foundation and they put up these scaffold and they would bring the bones in on these carts one at a time and kind of set them and put them in place and get it fixed. And they put the next bone and it was sort of like building like an erector set. It's really incredible. That thing's huge. How many people here would like to have a pet Diplodocus? Wow. Lots of people with nothing else to do, huh? Okay. Now, how much do you think the Diplodocus would eat? This is not like feeding your goldfish, folks. Okay? That thing is huge. That thing would start eating in the morning and probably be eating at dark. It's going to eat all day long. How long would it take you to feed it? Hours and hours and hours. What else do you have to do with your pets? Clean up after it. What goes in? comes out you spend the first half of your day feeding it you'd spend the second half of your day cleaning up after it and you couldn't really take it for a walk because it would be dragging you all over town that's not the ideal pet you couldn't take it to show and tell right this is the pachycephalosaurus now that's an incredible creature do we know the pachycephalosaurus actually existed how do we know that we got the bones of them. <coughs> now you see how the pachycephalosaurus is illustrated here? What's the, what are these two dinosaurs doing? They're headbutting. They're fighting. Do we know the pachycephalosaurus behave like that? Okay. I heard a great answer. I heard partly the reason the skull is thicker than most. You got the second part right. You got the first part wrong. Because can we know that? No. You assume that because of the thickness of the skull. But I know some people with very thick skulls that don't butt heads. That's, that's a quality judgment. So, but, you know, but the thing is, we don't know. But it's reasonable to think that because, you know, in our world today, we have animals that butt heads. They fight each other. Now, why would animals fight each other? To show that they're stronger. To fight for mates. Or to fight to get away from their mates. Who knows? <clears throat> Sorry, it's, uh, it's, uh, that's, that's free. Uh, yeah, because that's, you know, like we have animals say that, that they, they fight for dominance. They fight for a mate. They can fight to protect their territory, to keep other, you know, pachycephalosauruses away from their territory. Could be to fight for food. All sorts of different. See, we have animals today that behave like that. So that's not an unreasonable thing to think. But the reason they think this dinosaur may have behaved that way is because you look at the skull of the pachycephalosaurus. The skull cap is actually thicker than other dinosaurs. These are the hadrosaurs, the duckbill dinos. Look at the girl on the bicycle. That's a big dinosaur. I don't care what anybody says, that's a huge dinosaur. Now, 
I'm about to do you a tremendous favor. I'm about to advance your knowledge and understanding of dinosaurs by leaps and bounds. I am now going to show you the coolest dinosaur ever. Now, I want you to think about this question. Do not yell out your answer. I will ask for your answer shortly. If you yell out your answer before I ask for it, your vote doesn't count. We're going to have a dinosaur election. We are going to vote on the most popular dinosaur. And I've got a really good idea I know which dinosaur is going to win because I do this dinosaur election stuff a lot. But think about this question, which one is your favorite dinosaur? Do not yell it out till I ask for it. Now, I'm going to go ahead and disappoint you and tell you that the winner of this dinosaur election is not the coolest dinosaur ever. I'm sorry, your favorite dinosaur is not as cool as my favorite dinosaur. My favorite dinosaur is the coolest dinosaur ever. It is the Frank Sinatra of dinosaurs. It is the smoothest, coolest, absolute best dinosaur to like ever. Your dinosaur is cool, but not as cool as my favorite dinosaur. Tommy's favorite dinosaur, the best dinosaur, is the Parasaurolophus. I don't care what anybody says. That's the coolest dinosaur ever. You know why? This dinosaur has the coolest nose of any dinosaur ever. How does the Parasaurolophus breathe? Don't overthink this question. Through its nose. How do you breathe? Through your nose. How does the Parasaurolophus breathe? Through its nose. Here's the hard question. Where's its nose? The answer? Everywhere. It goes in the front, goes to the top, comes back down. I don't care what anybody says. That's the coolest nose ever. No other dinosaur breathes like that. That is so cool. I can't even talk. That's amazing. Air goes up. Air comes down. Why does it breathe like that? That's the answer. No idea. That's how God made it. I had one young man say, I believe it breathes like that so it could breathe underwater. Think about that. Can that creature breathe underwater? No. Can that creature drown? Yes. It's just going to take about five seconds longer than other creatures because its nose is so long. Why does it breathe like that? Nobody knows. There are some ideas, though. There's a guy I work with at our ministry named Buddy Davis. He's one of our dinosaur sculptors. He's also a very gifted musician. A few years ago, he was actually measuring the skull of a Parasaurolophus, and he was measuring the nasal passages, and he got to thinking about it. He said, this is really amazing. He got to wondering what the thing would sound like. So what he did, he took his measurements, and he went down to Home Depot and got some you know, PVC pipe and everything, and he made like a, a model of, of the nasal passages, and he put a horn on one end and a mouthpiece on the other. And sometimes when he's doing his concerts and he's playing his guitar and his banjo and his fiddle, he'll stop in the middle and go, hey, does anybody want to hear what the Parasaurolophus sounds like? And everybody goes, yeah, 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 tell us, tell us, tell us. So he goes over to his guitar case and opens it, pulls this you know, contraption out, and he stands in front of the microphone and he blows into it. Does anybody know what the Parasaurolophus sounded like? It sounds like a duck with laryngitis. It's the most awful sound you ever heard in your life. I think God may have designed that creature to sound that way because it sounds so horrible. No other creature wants to eat it. Like it sounds so bad. I wouldn't eat a creature that sounds like that. Now, if you go to the museum in London, they have an entire display about the Parasaurolophus and they have a big sign there. You know what it says? They said it honked. They think it sounds like a goose. They said, this creature honked, which I think is really cool. But neither, all that aside, that's the coolest dinosaur ever. Now, it's your turn. On the count of three, I want you to yell out the name of your favorite dinosaur. Don't be disappointed. It's not as cool as my favorite dinosaur. I understand that. But your dinosaur is cool, but it's not as cool as mine. On the count of three, do not yell out your answer until I get to three. Again, if you yell out your answer too quick, your vote doesn't count. Are you ready? Boy, that, was, that wasn't even good enough to call sad. Are you ready? Yeah. Wow. 
I didn't think this many people would go to sleep all at once. Wow, that's, that's kind of disappointing. Okay, on the count of three, yell out your favorite dinosaur. Are you ready? Okay. When I get to three, yell out the name of your favorite dinosaur. One, two, two and a half, two and seven eighths. Two and sixty-three, sixty-four. You, you don't. You sure you're ready? Okay. On the count of three, yell out your favorite dinosaur. One, two, three. T-Rex always wins, and you know something? T-Rex is really cool. Brachiosaur, the horned Triceratops, the ferocious Tyrannosaurus Rex. Everyone seems to be fascinated with dinosaurs. Some were big, many were scary, and all are gone. Since we haven't found any dinosaurs alive today, almost everything we know about them comes from the fossil record. The remains show that these amazing creatures were well-designed and complex. They came in many forms, plant eaters and meat eaters, small and large, slow and fast. Similar types of animals inhabited the air, the land, and the sea, although only land animals are called dinosaurs. We know they were not just overgrown reptiles. Dinosaurs had unique body designs that set them apart from other animals, including their hips, lungs, and methods for controlling body heat. No known process of change could derive them from any other known organism. And no evidence of such a change is found in the fossil record. Dinosaurs just appear in the fossil record without connection and without explanation. Where did they come from? The Bible says God created every kind of land animal on day six of creation week. From the fossil record, it appears that dinosaurs were part of an intricate community of plants and animals unlike anything known in the present. The worldwide distribution of dinosaur bones indicates that the dinosaur ecosystem and, in fact, the entire world was destroyed. Billions of fossils, including all the dinosaur fossils, were formed in the process. This devastation fits the biblical description of a worldwide flood. Since their fossils indicate that dinosaurs were alive just before the flood, God's command to preserve animal life through the flood would have applied to dinosaurs as well. So dinosaurs must have been on the ark. Young representatives of each dinosaur kind would be best designed to repopulate the earth after the flood. But their days were numbered. No one knows for sure what caused their extinction. But there are a number of possibilities. Perhaps it was the radical change in climate, the destruction of their old ecosystem, the change in food sources, or even human hunters. Though some answers may always elude us, the biblical account of creation and the flood provides the best explanation of dinosaurs and their fossils. That's who? Come on, this is your guy. It's a T-Rex. Look at those teeth. What did T-Rex eat? That's what everybody says. You know what the right answer is? Anything it wanted. You know, that's the way we think about dinosaurs. You know, these fearsome creatures that ate Tokyo, that they destroy everything, that they attack everything. You know, not all dinosaurs were fearsome killers. Not all dinosaurs were meat eaters. Everybody says, you know, T-Rex is a meat eater. Here's a dinosaur calendar. Kill something and eat it. Kill something and eat it. Kill something and eat it. See, that's the way we think about dinosaurs. These fearsome creatures that go around killing things and eating them. Is that the way all dinosaurs behaved? No. Some certainly did. But in the beginning, in the beginning, when God looked at everything he created and said it was very good, what did T-Rex eat then? Plants. Genesis 1.30. To every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life, I've given every green herb for meat. And it was so. In the beginning, T-Rex, this most feared, this most fearsome of dinosaurs, this vicious killer, ate plants. 
Yeah. Oh. I mean, that just takes the steam right out of T-Rex, doesn't it? I mean, how dull is that? It's a vicious plant eater. That's about as dull as cardboard. Man, that's just not exciting at all. Look at this vicious killer. This will get you revved up. Look at that vicious killer. Look at the teeth on that thing. That thing would rip your arm completely off, right? Anybody know what that is? It's a panda. Pandas attack and kill what? Bamboo. Pandas are vicious bamboo killers. They attack and kill bamboo. How vicious is that, right? That's pretty dull. Look at those teeth. It eats bamboo. What's that? It's a fruit bat. Look at those teeth. What do fruit bats eat? Fruit. It's a vicious fruit killer. How dull is that? That's my mother-in-law. I mean the black uachery. Look at the teeth on that thing. What does it eat? Mostly nuts, fruit, and vegetation. That can't be right. Look at the teeth on that thing. You know there are lions and tigers in our world today that are vegetarian. They don't eat meat. In one of my other presentations, I have a video of alligator uh, eating kumquats. It's plants, just plant material. But the thing is, I've got uh, another video uh, where uh, bears are coming out of hibernation. You know, bears, they come out of hibernation, long teeth and claws. They do very nicely eating plants. But if you disturb them, they'll be happy to eat you too. That's right. That's not the best example. This is the best example. You ready? You want to stand up, take a bow? This is personal. You want to stand up, take a yeah, you, you, She was asking about sharks this morning. Here's your answer. This is a video about the great white shark. The great white shark has been called nature's perfect killing machine. We'll get there. Jaws and Barney, same thing. Okay. I'm going to show you a video about nature's perfect killing machine. Who throws in the bait to begin the test? First tuna, squid, and kelp. Okay, the three baits are in. We've already seen how hard they hit the tuna in Australia. And if scent is a factor at all, the tuna or squid should go first. She just took a small bite out of the kelp. Incredible. She's coming back around for a second pass. Wow, it went for the kelp again. The shark ignored the tuna and the squid and took the kelp. You see, this is what they're doing. They're testing baits for the great white shark. So they take a big hook and they put some tuna on it. They throw it out in the water. They take another hook, they put some squid on it, they throw that out in the water. They take a third hook and they put a big wad of seaweed, just a big ball of kelp, and they throw that out in the water. Then they put that moron with the camera in the basket to film everything, right? And by the way, that's a job I don't want. You know, wanted idiot with video camera to get in basket to film great white shark. I don't think I want that job. But anyway, they found somebody stupid. I mean, it didn't pay them enough to put in the basket. So he's filming the great white shark as it goes through nature's perfect killing machine. On multiple passes, ate what first? The plants, the most vicious killer. Nature's perfect killing machine ate the plants first. Now, I did have one young man point out to me a couple of weeks ago that maybe the shark was eating his salad before he ate the diver. But nonetheless, nature's perfect killing machine ate the plants first. So if you see a creature that has long teeth, what do you really know about that creature? You know it has long teeth. That's all you really know. Now, anybody got questions about dinosaurs? I don't know what time you got to be done or what time you got to leave. Uh, get, what? Okay, that's fine. Because yeah, I didn't know nobody gave me a stop time. I figured I'd, I'd go till 6 o'clock tonight. Anybody got questions about dinosaurs? Yes, ma'am. Okay. 
Oh, were, quail, were whales and underwater creatures alive during the flood? Sure, they were still in the water. Now, a lot of them got trapped by all the mud and sediment. That's how we have fossils of, of, of some of them. But the thing is, th- those creatures, like the sea creatures, stayed in the water. They didn't have aquariums on the ark. That's a really good question. Yeah. Where did they live? Did who live? I think she means the dinosaurs. Dinosaurs? They found dinosaurs on every continent. They lived all over the world. Now, certain types lived you know, more on one continent than the other, but they found dinosaurs on every continent. Every continent. <clears throat> what's your name? Uh, Zach. Uh, was the dinosaur, was the sea creature Nessie real? Is Nessie real? Well, all we've got, you know, is the Loch Ness Monster real? People have seen some video of it. Just a, you know, it's not a video, but a, but a, a film clip. I don't believe it's real. Because they've had so many expeditions trying to find it, they haven't found it. Would it shock me if they pulled a plesiosaur or something out? No, but you're going to have to show it to me. They've looked so hard for it for so many years and not found anything. I'm skeptical. But What's your name? It would be cool if they no. found it. Okay, we got a question from Noah. Sure. Hmm. Well, then he ought to know the answer. He's still thinking I mean, about what his question I mean, is. No, no, What's I got a question, question for Noah. That's Wait a minute, <laughs> we have a question for you, Noah. Yeah. Yeah. What's your question for Noah? Nah, go ahead. Okay, what's your name? Ethan. Ethan, what's your question? How many eat meters were there? How many eat meters? I love that question. How many eat meters? Well, the thing is, in the beginning, there were none. Because in the beginning, you know, creatures ate plants. But since that time, a lot of creatures have become carnivorous. I would say the ones on the ark were still, you know, eating plants. But after a lot of creatures became carnivorous because God gave us permission to eat meat. I can't give you an exact number. Because like I say, there are lions and tigers in the world today that are vegetarian, so I can show you meat-eating and vegetarian lions and tigers. It's hard to give an exact number. What's your name? Yeah. Abigail. What's your question, Abigail? When Adam and Eve were there, how would it... How will Adam and Eve be able to work with the dinosaurs? That's a really good question. How would Adam and Eve be able to work with the dinosaurs? Because, see, the dinosaurs weren't dangerous to them back then. In the beginning, when God said everything was very good, they, were, they all ate plants, so the dinosaurs wouldn't be trying to eat Adam and Eve. That would be much It was a perfect environment, so they, the, you know, Adam and Eve wouldn't have to be afraid of the animals. Today, the world's changed because of sin, and some animals eat meat, some animals attack other animals and attack people. That wasn't the way it was in the beginning. That's a really good question. What's your name? Hannah. Um, if the Noah took two of each animal on the ark, did he have to take the sea creatures like dolphins and fish? If no, there's just going to be a lot of water? No. Air-breathing land animals and the birds. The sea creatures stayed in the sea. And a lot of them did get killed. They got trapped by the sediment. But lots of, enough of them survived that they were able to populate after the flood. Good question. What's your name? Sarah, um, what year do Christian scientists think that the dinosaurs died out? We can't be sure. We've got evidence that people and dinosaurs have walked the earth together up until at least the last couple of hundred years, but we can't give you a specific date. Because it's like if you, if you uh, go to the Wait internet and, and... You say there's evidence that dinosaurs were alive a couple hundred years ago? Yeah. Newspaper reports of creatures, detailed descriptions of them. And remember, even at that time, a lot of people still weren't familiar with the word dinosaur. There are a couple of newspaper reports from the southwest United States, a number from Europe. Uh, Oh, yeah. And we've documented a lot of that stuff. But we can't give you a specific date. We just know, like if you go to the Internet and then type in, you know, have creatures gone extinct, you get these lists of creatures that have gone extinct since you've been born. Creatures go extinct a lot. What's your name? Petra. And were dolphins alive when the sea um, dinosaurs were alive? Yes, absolutely. Dolphins would have been made on the fifth day of creation week because they were sea creatures. What's your name? Colin. And um, why do T-Rexes have short arms? That's just the, why do T-Rexes have short arms? just the way they're, the same reason the Parasaurolophus has a funny nose. That's the way God created it. What's and the name? thing is, nobody really knows. What's your name? Colin. Um, is it possible that we could find an island with dinosaurs on it? 
It's possible, but it's unlikely because, you know, since, you know, we visited pretty much every spot on the face of the earth, it's unlikely. But we do occasionally get reports of creatures in the Congo or in the the Amazon where where a a, a visitor or tribesman, a missionary, somebody will describe this creature. And it sort of sounds like a dinosaur. But every time anybody's tried to go and actually hunt the thing down or find it, nobody's been able to find it. That would really be unlikely. And what's your name, miss? Jordan. Where do pandas live? Where do pandas live? China. Pandas live in China. In the zoo. We're going to go for a little while here because we've got a lot of questions. You're a good question answerer, Dr. Mitchell. What's your name? Andy. Yeah. Um, Do you think there are other dinosaurs that you haven't discovered, like fossils of them? Oh, sure. I'm certain that we're going to find... At some point, you know, a fossil of some unique new kind of dinosaur. Because the thing is, remember, at the time of the flood, all these creatures would have been trapped by the sediment. And just because we haven't dug in the right place, it was, I give an example. A couple of years ago, they found this new kind of, it was a badger or something. I think it was in South America, in Argentina. And they were the scientists were like, look, we found this new kind of creature. Well, I would suspect that a creature of that kind was actually on the ark. And it had just gone extinct. We just didn't know about it. We had no modern scientific knowledge. So finding fossils is really as much an accident as anything else. So sure, we're going to, over time, as certain areas get developed and stuff, we'll be finding new creatures. Sure. Quick question. Who's in charge of this group anyway, the teacher in charge of the Faith Christian Academy? What time do you have? You got to go. Can we take one more question? Okay. We're going to get Mr. Patriots here because I like the Patriots. He's wearing a Patriots shirt. Yeah, all right, here we go. About the hair, though, I don't know about the hair, but the shirt's good. Okay, what's your name? Dominic. Okay, Dominic, what's your question? Yeah. How do you build the fossils all together? Like. How do you what? Build? Do you use a type of material or glue to, like, put the fossils together? Oh, how do you, like, if you got the bones, how do you put them together? There are all sorts of different ways you can do it. Sometimes you use, like, like little uh, spikes and things to kind of hold them together, kind of articulate them. Sometimes you actually run... You build a frame. If it's, if it's a cast of a fossil, you can actually build a frame and just slide the fossils down on it. It just depends on how big the fossil is. There's lots of, it's like building a building. Lots of different ways to do it. 